All right, welcome back to the big program. Coming up to 10 o'clock in the City of Champions, Kevin Carius, Grant Fuhr in Palm Desert, and we welcome in former teammate Dave Lumley to the Sports 1440 Studios. Morning, Dave. Good morning, fellas. How are you? Excellent. Lumber. Duke of Delbert. <laughs> are, you, are you from downtown Delbert or the suburbs of Delburn? Delbert? Yeah, the, oh, Delbert. The, the suburbs, uh, yeah, nine miles west into the sticks. <laughs> are you in Alberta? Is that Where is that? That's about 25 minutes east of Red Deer. Okay. <laughs> well, he's in fine form right off the hop here, uh, Fierzy. So, again, you guys haven't chatted for a while, Fierzy? No, it's been a while. So Yeah, well, one of those reunions we had, like we had like five of them in two years. <laughs> Yeah, we had a bunch right for a little span there. I remember it, Sam Abuhazen was sitting with with uh, Slats when he got the phone call about the greatest team, you know, the goat. Yeah, and Slats, I guess, just threw up his hands up in the air and said, "I was sick. I'm sick and tired of those guys. <laughs> I don't want to see them anymore." He was probably tired of us when we played for him. <laughs> you got that right. <laughs> so you guys, I guess, first met when Grant, you came here, and Lummer, you were here a couple of years already. Yeah, the first time I met Grant when he was our first round pick mm-hmm. was at the Niagara Falls NHL Slow Pitch Ball Tournament. Ooh. Yeah, remember that, Fierzy? Oh, yeah. I remember that. That was a long I survived. Weekend. Let me rephrase that. I survived that. That was a long weekend. You guys are playing? Yeah. For what team? Like, what was it? Just, it, was, it was the Oilers okay. Slow Pitch. <laughs> we had never played baseball before. Well, Fierzy was a ball player. He must have oh, been yeah. the star of the team, Grant. I can't. Well, I wouldn't go that far. I, I played catcher. I remember that. That's the worst p- position when in slow pitch, you know. You know what I remember about that whole weekend? Well, two things. Samank and I flew out here, or out to Niagara Falls. When I dropped him off at his uh, uh, his condo back in Edmonton after the weekend was over, apparently he would, came running out of the house and was chasing me down the street. There's no cell phones back then. He's, so I see him the next day. He says, did you not see me chasing you? I go, no, why? He says, he went into the house and his wife had moved everything out. All that was left was a six-inch TV and a toaster oven. <laughs> and I had, I had leased this Corvette. I always wanted to drive one, eh? so yeah. I leased one for the summer. Kevin Lowe and I, I was backing out of a Mr. Submarine, and he's just chowing down beside me. Some, just backing out real slowly, some lady came along, took the whole back end of my vet off. So I pulled back into, I the, that. back into the Mr. Submarine, and Kevin said, what are you doing? I said, well, we've got no back of our car. <laughs> <laughs> and the cop said, just go to your hotel room, sleep for a while, you guys, and we'll, we'll touch base in the morning. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> to both of you, Grant and Dave, first recollections of meeting each other. Again, you say where it was, but what was it like to meet each other? You know what? It was awesome. I Unfortunately, I get Hunts as a roommate. So oh, no. Oh, yeah. I got, I got broken in early as to what it was going to be like. <laughs> right. so. Did you? I mean, Hunts, of all people, him or Samang? <laughs> who, who was well, your first? one or the other, but I, got, I was lucky enough to get Hunts. Yeah. So, yeah. no, it was a great group of guys to get to know. And as a kid, you follow them around like a puppy because you have no idea what you're doing. So, it, <laughs> And for, for a, a young guy, you can ask for a better group of guys. And to see the act that was going on that weekend, that must have been an eye-opener for you, coming out of junior. Oh, hell, I was 17 years old at that time, so <laughs> it was definitely a little eye-opener. Oh. But at the same time, you could tell that the team was not going to be short on having fun. How's that? Yeah. Well, when I when my vet got hit, 
We figured it out the next day that Kevin Lowe and I had been drinking for 17 hours. What? Yeah. Well. I know. Why was it? But I'm a growing up now. Yeah, I know yeah. that was the wrong thing to do, but I'm mature now. I've yeah. grown up. I thought you'd say more hours, actually. <laughs> uh, so, Grant Fuhr, Dave Lumley, Kevin Carey, Sports 1440. In the early days when uh, you got here, Grant, and and... I guess I kind of want to fast forward just a tiny bit to the 81-82 season. Dave Lumley went on a just a tear, an absolute tear, where he had a 12-game scoring streak going. Unheard of. When, when you ask the casual, well, even an Oiler fan, you ask him, who's got the record for the most consecutive goals in Oilers history? Everyone always thinks it's... Gratz, Yari, Mass. Anderson, whatever. Yeah. But it's Dave Lumley, 12 straight. What do you remember about that, Grant? And then, Lumber, I'll let you pony off it. No, actually, I do remember that because he got on a little bit of a heater. And it's funny. Everybody would always think it would be Wayne. But Lumber scored a lot of big goals in the, those 12 games as well. I mean, there were, if I remember correctly, four or five game winners in that mess, too. So, oh, you know I don't keep track of individual stats. <laughs> oh, yeah, whatever. Seriously, as long as the team's doing well. <laughs> one of them was a penalty shot in Quebec. Really? I remember. Another one was in uh, L.A. I don't know why I was, you know, the puck was in their end. How I got to be on the right defense, like at the right point out by the blue line. But the puck was just about to go out of the zone, and mm-hmm. I just took a wild backhand swing at it. And it went way up in the air and hit the L.A. goalie's back and went into the net. That was one of the games hmm. that kept the streak. Well, I, I can tell you how you got to the right point. Cough was in their crease somewhere. Yeah, I know. And he, <laughs> and he, oh, I shouldn't say that. And he's hired to coach the defense <laughs> on the Oilers now. <laughs> Charlie, I could see him hiring Charlie Huddy, but that was a shocker to me. So Dave Lumley in studio, Grant Fear in Palm Desert, that – 81-82 season for you, Lummer, was your best season ever. Yeah. 32 goals, 42 assists. Big-time numbers. Well, it was my option year. My contract was up. Okay. And uh, so I signed a new three-year deal. 32, okay, 32 and 42. Keep those stats in mind. Okay. Signed a three-year deal for 150 per year. Leon Dreisaitl has almost the exact same points when he signed his eight-year contract for $8 million a year. Think about that. A couple more zeros. Holy. They handed out zeros a lot better now. Oh. Eight years, eight million. You're just born too soon, Lummer. You know. Well, people have asked me that. They said you were born, you know, ten years too early to get all the big money. And mm-hmm. my reply was always, Yeah, but then I wouldn't have gotten to play with all those great players. Right. My answer now is you're damn right, I was born too <laughs> ten years too early. <laughs> Did you guys have Grant when you're? I mean, we've we've been talking about all your former teammates a lot since you know we've been on, the, and this is our fiftieth show, by the way, Grant. Today, so I mean, can you describe that dynamic in the early '80s? Because you guys were just when you got here, and you know, in '81, '82, you guys were just sort of kind of finding your way. And what was it? Just describe that period of time. You know, if something happened with Lummer that kind of helped, kind of galvanize the team as well. You know, I was just a wide-eyed kid that was trying to take it all in and figure out how I fit in, where I belong, and was lucky enough to tag along with those guys, go to some dinners, maybe go to the odd spot to go see some fun in life and see how the world actually is outside of Edmonton. And it was a great growing experience. I mean, I think that was the fun part is learning from them and realizing what it took to be a pro and also realizing that you could have a little bit of fun and 
some of the different dinners, hanging out, listening to them, mm-hmm. and some of the different stories they were telling. It, it was pretty enjoyable. See, the fun part for us when you showed up was, I think we were the first team ever to score 400 goals in a okay, season. Yeah. Like, we averaged like five and a half goals a game, four. And uh, our motto was always, hey, let's let Fierzy handle 50 shots and we'll win 8-6. And everybody pads their stats. It was just great. It was perfect for us. So, Lummer, when you got here, you came from Montreal Canadiens. Do you remember who you were traded for? No, it was one of those deals where in the like the interleague draft, mm-hmm. where Edmonton agreed not to take one of the Montreal guys. Okay. Montreal gave Edmonton, like myself, and a guy named Danny Newman. Dan Newman, yeah. yeah. And second-round draft pick. Oh. Who turned out to be Rick Natras. Oh, how about that? Yeah, I mean that's a valuable commodity. Uh, when you, before you, you you were in the Canadians organization, you went to the University of New Hampshire. How did that come about, and what was that like playing? I mean, college hockey at that point because it was a little different oh, back then. I mean, to this day, even winning Stanley Cups, I, that, those were the best four years of my life. Like there were five thousand girls there, and we were <laughs> number one team in the country. Like we just had an awesome hockey team. <laughs> life, life couldn't have been better for like a 19 year old kid. Yeah. It was just awesome. Are you, Grant, are you surprised that the first things we've heard out of Lummers is uh, 5,000 women and a Corvette? I, I'm not surprised. I'm not really seeing a problem with it either. No, exactly. Exactly. You know, when I was in college, I had gotten drafted by Montreal in my, I think, my sophomore year and then finished. I went four years mm-hmm. and, and spent a couple of years in Nova Scotia. Well, I lived in Toronto, so in the summer, I was driving down to see all my buddies at UNH, and I stopped in the Canadian's office. Al McNeil was a GM back then, mm-hmm. and I said, what's going on? He says, well, it looks like we're going to move you somewhere. I said, great, just don't send me to Winnipeg. It's too friggin' cold. Yeah. So on my way back, I stopped in. He says, well, we moved you. I go, where? He says, Edmonton. I said, where the hell's Edmonton? <laughs> he actually got out of his chair and, and came around behind me, put his hands on my shoulders and pointed. He says, you know where Winnipeg is? Go two provinces <laughs> further and turn right. So I said, turn right. He says, yeah, north. <laughs> it's, it's pretty cold there too. But who knew? Look what happened, eh? Well, look what happened. Yeah. You were a key part. Well, I mean, a key, uh, well, that's listen, we've been talking about the Oilers, uh, current day Oilers, Grant. We've been talking about it for a long time. How, you know, Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl. It's the same thing back in the day, correct, where you had the top-end talent grant, but it was the guys that yeah. were, the, you know, the, the smaller pieces that made a lot of things tick. No, those, those are the important pieces come playoff time. Your stars are always going to be your stars. And once you get to playoff hockey, your stars are going to get a little more attention. They're going to get checked more. It's your support pieces that have to chip in and play the hard minutes and contributed really key times. And that's the one thing that our team's always had. We had those support guys mm-hmm. play your second, third, fourth line roles, but everybody knew their role. Everybody knew what they had to do and everybody chipped in when they had to. And it, it made us a complete team. And that's how you win Stanley Cups is you have to have that complete team. It's not a matter of whether you've got two, three, four stars or not. It's the other guys that fill the spots in behind the stars. Well, this is one of the things I've noticed about the Oilers these days is they just play hockey, you know, in quotation marks. You know who just plays hockey? Beer league guys. What are you doing tonight? Oh, I got to play hockey. Whereas back then, if the, if you were playing the same way and getting beaten, 
well, what's the, you know, insanity? Yeah. Have somebody go out there, run the goalie, take two minutes. <laughs> you know, go after the other team's best player. Do something to change the flow of the game, whereas now it seems like well, we've got such great players, we just play hockey and hope to, hope to win that way. When you, and Lummer, you and I have done a lot of, I don't know, I guess you could call it some charity events yeah. and things. Well, for well, full disclosure, Dave Lumley's, when I have had my golf tournament for Easter Seals for 20 years, Dave's one of the first guys that I call, and he's the first guy that always says yes. So he's been in the tournament probably, I don't know, 20 years, I guess. Yeah, so he's been there every year. We've done other events. We went to... Hinton, how many? Well, Hinton, yeah. Hinton two, three, three, three times, times yeah. three, four times. One of them was with 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 Dave Semenko. Yeah, it was just shortly before he passed. Yeah. Beyond, yeah, and Chris Joseph. Chris Joseph, right before the Humboldt Broncos bus crash. Yeah, yeah. Um, maybe we were bad luck. I don't know. I don't know either. But that was fun going out there, though. They put on a yeah, a great. Well, deal. it was with the Hanson brothers yeah. and all the guys from <laughs> Slapshot. So I guess what I'm getting at. You know, why did you want to do and get involved? And Grant talks about it all the time, too, to that involvement, community, charity, things like that. Well, it's just so much fun meeting all the people from the city. Eh? Mm-hmm. It's just, and I, I've said before that um, I think I was asked what, when I go to a, um, a benefit thing and I, I let I, my Stanley Cup ring, it goes out in the crowd somewhere. I don't yeah. see it for a couple of hours. Yeah. And uh, I've said before, like my dad died the summer before I came to Edmonton. To play and my mom a few years before that mm-hmm. so the the Oilers became my family you know and the players in the front office and especially the fans and so to to let them see the ring because I think they were a huge part back then well the ones above you know north of Red Deer <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so it was like one big family and that family's still out there you know coming to these tournaments mm-hmm. coming to your tournament I just I just love you know shooting the breeze with those guys Kind of same thing with you, Grant, with your foundation and, and things like that moving forward? Yeah, most definitely. I mean, learning from those guys is you want to give back. I mean, the fans were there to support us and push us along, and you want to be able to share that with them. And I enjoy coming back and spending time talking to fans and talking with the people and seeing a lot of old friends. It's amazing how people how many people are still around. Mm-hmm. Like, that was 40 years ago, Fierzy. When we want to stand, it's amazing that we're still around. Years, <laughs> and there's still lots of people out there. Oh, I remember that game, yeah. and I remember that goal, and you know, I even you could look at that. I think the King's Ransom documentary with Wayne Gretzky. One of the things he said when he was being interviewed uh, by Peter Berg is that you know when he came back to Edmonton, I used to see that same person sitting there in that stand, you yeah. know, right there in that section, same person over here. You know, it was the same people. It was a, a small, tight knit group. Yeah. I remember we'd go to David's, David's on Argyle. Remember David's on Argyle? We could do, <laughs> it was just so much fun, but there were no reporters. Mm-hmm. And the fans just kept everything to themselves. And No uh, yeah. cell phones, no, no social media. Oh, thank God. Thank God, no cell phones. <laughs> what were you going to ask me for? Yeah, I got a question for you, Lummer. <laughs> How did you end up in Texarkana? Oh, okay. So I had the alumni seats for the Oilers. Okay, for one night. I couldn't use them. So I'm going through what used to be called a Rolodex. I'm going through all my business cards. Who, who could I give these tickets to? And I come across a guy uh, named Andy. And I had done something for his son at his school. Like it was one of those things, go and meet him. Oh, who's your favorite player? What do you mm-hmm. eat before games? You know, the kid was like 10 years old. So I thought, I wonder if Andy would like to take his son. So I call him. I said, Andy, it's Lummer. He goes, holy crap, Lummer. <laughs> 
We've been sitting here for three days trying to figure out who we can get to come down to Texarkana, Texas, and help us get us this new hockey team going. Mm-hmm. Are you interested? That was on a Monday. I was down there on Friday. Stayed for 10 years. It was it was a black hole, so, te- Texas. Just kind of expand on that experience. What was it like? What did you do down there? Let our listeners know okay. what you exactly did. Here's the funny thing. I played the game, right? But my, my title was uh, president of hockey operations. It wasn't that. Think of everything you see and hear when you go to a rink. Now, this was like a 5,000-seat barn. But everything that you see and hear was my responsibility. Getting the refs, teaching mm-hmm. all the off-ice officials how to do their jobs, picking out the music, booster club, finding a mascot, people to sing national anthems. Like, there was so much work involved once you get into it. And... That was my job. Did you hire anyone like buddies or anyone go down with you? Like who'd you? Well, a play-by-play guy. We needed him. Yeah. Uh-huh. A stats guy. Well, who, who? There was a guy in uh, Dean. What was his last name? Dean from Campbell River, BC. Okay. He was great. He was a hoot. Him and I went golfing one day. He, I got a hole in one one day. And he got one <laughs> the next. We were drunk for four days. <laughs> yeah, I loved it. I loved it. so many guns down there though. Everybody's got guns. Oh, yeah. Uh, Kevin Carey's. Like, like, now. Yeah, Kevin Carey's Grand Fury, Dave Lumley on Sports 1440. This is good stuff. So, uh, you guys did touch on it. Uh, Pat in the Park texts in 1 1440. Lummer, any clean stories from the days of David's oh, on no. Argyle? Stop right there. No. Team bonding <laughs> stories? Well, it was our go to place for what was called a long lunch. you know practice was every morning at like 11 o'clock and then it was over and we didn't play for three or four days and Gretz or mess or somebody would say okay long lunch today and i was composed that was mandatory lunch Mm -hmm. that went from probably two till two (laughs) so that's and that's as clean as i'll tell you that's all i can tell you grant Uh, you know what that was part of the team bonding i remember that where a team mandatory team meeting so you had to show up for at least one. Well, and of course, I've never seen the end of one. And <laughs> even when we won our first cup, that was, if you wanted to find out where the guys had gone that day, you know, what bar did they go yeah. to Barry T's or where are they, just phone down to David's and somebody will be there and know where the guys are going. So I'm there and I get a call. Lummer's for you. It's, it's Billy Carroll. Okay. So I said, Carrots, what's up? It's Lummer. I lost my teeth somewhere last night. <laughs> I said, what? He says, yeah, I, I lost a set of choppers. And so I just say, ask the guys if anybody goes to another bar and sees, I can't remember where I went last night. But uh, so I walk into the armory. I can't remember. There used to be a yeah, bunch of places. Yeah, yes. And I walk in and there behind the bar in a, in a glass oh. of water is a set of choppers. And I just can't. It's the first place I've gone from David's. Yeah. Carrots, I found your teeth. I called him. <laughs> he comes in. He's all sheepish looking. He goes to the bar. He says, I think those are my teeth. And he, bartender hands, he puts them in. They weren't his teeth. Oh. Somebody else had lost their teeth the night before, too. <laughs> I guess he found them. They were under his bed or something. <laughs> he eventually did find them. Oh, that's, that is a good story. That yeah. is a funny story. Uh, Steve from Drumheller texts in one 1440 See, these are the players the new Oilers are missing. Great character players. So oh, her hammerheads. Yeah. <laughs> so Lummer, but you you there was a year where you went to Hartford? In yes, between here. For four months. How did that work? So you were traded? Well or was it No, a- I was picked up and I was left unprotected okay. in the draft. 
and um, this is where the three-year deal comes in. Slats comes in, calls me in the office, says, Lumber, we don't want to lose you because we just won a cup, but we can't protect you. So here, I'm going to sign you this new contract, so, and nobody will pick you up. Freaking Hartford picks me up. Oh, oh I was crying because yeah. we just won a Stanley Cup, and now I'm going to Hartford. What a, what a mess that yeah. was down there. It was just horrible. And I, I finally let them know that I was probably going to retire because we were out of the playoffs, and this was... Guys would pour shampoo into their palms of their hands in their stalls and go like that to the, you know to wash their hair in the shower. Because if you took a whole bottle, in, inevitably somebody's going to say, oh, can I have a little bit? Can I have a little bit? Now it's gone. You know, the Oilers, there's soap. There's, yeah. We got your supply and everything. So I kind of let the word out that I was going to retire. Well, I get a phone call from Rod Phillips. And he says, guess what? I go, what? He says, you're coming back. Are you kidding me? He says, no, Hartford put you on waivers because you can't, Oilers had first rate of first refusal. Pick, yeah. Slots picked you up again. You're meeting them in Minnesota tomorrow. How happy were you? Oh, my God. Remember Eddie Webster's? Remember the bar we used to go to in, in Minnesota? I was just going to ask you if that's, by chance you stopped at Eddie Webster's for a little celebration. That's where I met the guys. I knew they'd be there. Oh, I was so happy. I was so happy. And we won another cup that year. Yes. Yeah. So two cups, and you, so you have the two rings. But I remember when I first met you twenty five years ago, you gave that ring to a good friend of yours, Tommy. Tom Casey. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't know where it went after that. <laughs> I remember he used to wear it all the time at yeah. Moe's. Yeah, he used to say, it was, "I don't know, Peter Pocken and son, or I don't know." He had some story. Yeah, yeah, he's out in Kelowna. Oh, uh, okay. You know, I kind of at the end of how we work this, I kind of leave the mic open to you. You can ask Grant something. Grant, you can ask Lumber something. Is there anything on the top of your head that maybe I know you, Grant? You did ask about Texarkana and what it was like down oh, there. Oh, what are you in Palm Desert? Is I that, am. Is that where I you am? Because I'm going, in the sunshine. I'm going down to California for the month of February, but I'm over in um, closer to LA. But I'm sure we'll get to oh, the we're valley. Not that far from LA. We'll, we'll get to the valley. I'll give you a shout. Most definitely. Somebody stole my golf clubs. Can you believe that? <laughs> you did tell me that, too. I know. Yes. That's the tournament. Well, Fierzy, you know how much you accumulate in a golf bag over the years. Like rain gear oh, yeah. and you know, wind shirts and forget about just the tees and the balls. Yeah. The, everything, bug spray and all, everything. You could take that bag wherever well, in the whole sure world. you could get some more bug spray, Yeah, Lummer. but it's, you've already got it. You don't have to worry about anything. And they took my, took my bag. Uh, one just before maybe you got a question that you can think about, Grant. I wanted to just uh, address health stuff with you because it's been a couple of years. You even at the, you had surgery, I think, two months before my tournament two years ago. Does yeah, that sound yeah. right? Can you let our listeners, because you got a lot of fans in Edmonton, where you're? Oh at? no, it's no biggie. I, I had a couple of bad lymph nodes, and uh, so I went in and five and a half hours on the table, and he cut me from ear to ear. So I was on the couch for four months. And uh, so after six months, I went back for another test, and they, it's a, a PET scan, it's called. Mm -hmm. It's like a black screen, and, and if you have a bad lymph node, I don't want to use the C word, mm -hmm. it's a bad lymph nodes. Um, they show up as two dots, white dots. So I go in, and he says, guess what? Got two more. So he went in, and he cut along the same line again, five hours again, and he says, a good thing you got wrinkles, because he cut right through my, one of my wrinkle lines. And you can't, it's not, you can't see it too much unless I point it out. And that was kind of a pain. And then uh, I was having trouble breathing. This is probably six months ago now. 
and I found out that I broke my nose twice while I was playing. Is that hard to believe, Fierzy, or what? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'm gonna guess in some of those scrums. No, pretty <laughs> I, good chance. I was a goal scorer for crying out loud. I wouldn't stick my nose. Yeah, broke it twice apparently. Didn't know it. So they had to fix that up. So here I am. Hmm. You had 158 penalty just... minutes one year. Did I? Yeah. They were all worth it. <laughs> two and ten. Two and ten. Two and ten. <laughs> That's hurtful. And totally uncalled for. <laughs> Sorry, Lover. <laughs> you know how sensitive I am. Stop it. Fierzy, do you got anything you wanted to add here before we kind of wrap things up with a, an old teammate, old friend? So out of all the years and all the fun, who's your favorite roommate? Oh, the one I felt sorry for most was Andy Moog. The poor guy. I mean, I just, well, we won't get into details, but well, Hicksy, Doug Hicks and I roomed together for a long time. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was cool. When I first uh, flew to Edmonton and was picked up at the airport, like before we'd even played a game, mm-hmm. uh, Danny Newman, whose name we mentioned yes. earlier, we fly in together and we go to the Weston Hotel and we get our keys. His roommate is B. Calligan. My roommate's W. Gretzky. And I said, isn't it that kid that scored like 5,000 goals when he was 10 years old? And they said, yeah. And I said, here, get, put Calligan and Gretzky together. I want to room with Newman. I could have been Gretz's best friend. I could have been his roommate, mm-hmm. best man at his wedding. And no. So I tell that story <laughs> to somebody. He says, you roomed with Walter Gretzky? I go, no, you idiot. Wayne. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, text coming in one eight three three four zero one fourteen forty. Kind of know the answer to this, but both of you can kind of uh, maybe expand on it. From Doug, uh, hey Kevin, quick question for Grant and Lummer: Why is it t- that today's players don't hang out all the time like you guys did in your day? I think the players might do it, but they're probably not doing it out in public. They probably don't do uh, it as much it- either, but. Grant? Different, different era. Different era. They're all more like individual little businesses now, whereas we were more like one big happy family, and we enjoyed hanging out with each other. So I, it was kind of mandatory that you hung out, and Slats instilled that early that it was going to be family, and you always hang with your family, whereas today the guys kind of wander in their own direction sometimes on a lot of teams. Yeah, the fans are different out there too now. Remember the one where – Connor and his family went out for dinner and somebody was accosted him out in an alleyway or something. It's, it's way different. I and mean, again, it, phones and cameras and yeah, things like that. Yeah. Yeah, we don't want cell phone cameras out there. I remember I had this little, Mer- yeah, no. I had this little Mercedes and I, my girlfriend, I put the top down, it was in the summer, <laughs> and we're going down the Whiteman by the Snow Valley, you know, the ski yeah. Yeah, place. Yeah. She's standing up in the passenger seat with her hands on the windshield with not a stitch of clothing on, waving to <laughs> Waving to all the traffic. Can you imagine that today? No. 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 Page, page, let, let me put I on my... Sup- I get a lot of views. Page three of the sun. Hey, look at L- Lummer's girlfriend. Yeah. Do you watch a lot of Oiler games now, Lummer? How much do you watch? Nah, I fast forward them. Okay. What do you think? What's going to happen here? I mean, another coaching change. What do you think is going to happen here the rest of the year? Is, the problem is, with such a bad start, you've got so many teams you have to pass. Mm-hmm. And so every time you play one of those teams, it's a four-point game. But in the meantime, those guys are playing each other. So somebody is moving two mm-hmm. points up every night, every night. It's, it's going to be a big road to hold for them to make it. Well, I want to thank you for coming in, Lummer. We've known each other a long time. Yeah, and my pleasure. We, uh, again, texted him last week. Yep, I'll be there. And you, right. 
And even the directions you said were crystal clear. Crystal. I was surprised. Yeah. Fierzy, you be careful out there now. Uh, what do you think of Fierzy doing? What do you think of Fierzy doing color commentary for the Coachella Valley I, Firebirds? I can't think. I can't remember him. So many words coming out of his mouth in one meet, in one sitting. <laughs> That's the first thing sure, that everyone it? says. Yeah. That's the first thing that everyone says. Lummer, thanks for doing this. All right, uh, guys. Yeah, thanks a lot. Uh, Fierzy will be back right after the break. Uh, Dave Lumley, Grant Fear, Kevin Carey show on Sports 1440. Stay with us. Uh, back with more right after the break. All right, welcome back to the big program. 10.30 in Edmonton. A lot of text coming in about uh, our little interview. Grant Fuhr and Dave Lumley. Uh, I get, you know what? Is, when you think of Lumber, Fierzy, is it just like the word character? Is that, like, is that the first word maybe that comes to mind? Or what is it for you? Yeah, character is a very good term for it. I mean, and that's part of what made our team so good. Is we had a lot of characters, mm-hmm. and you got Lummer, you got Kevin McClellan, guys like that that add a little character to the room and make it fun to go to the rink. Text coming and in, that, yeah, yeah. Go ahead, sorry, Grant, sorry to interrupt. That was the fun part. Yeah, that was the fun part. And that's again, that that's a team. That's a team. Um, text coming in one eight three three four zero one fourteen forty. Rob says, please tell Lummer I feel bad for almost hitting him twice at the Windermere many moons ago. Jumpin' Jack Flash. Love it with Lumley and Coco. Ask about Billy Smith. I was there. Say thank you for me. That comes from uh, JJF. Is there, is there a story on that that we didn't get to, Grant? Yeah, Lumber may have skewered Billy Smith in the playoffs the one year. Ah, there we go. <laughs> Smitty, uh, Smitty was playing well, and Lumber kind of <laughs> threw a little distraction in. Mm-hmm. How well, Grant, uh, do you know Ken Hitchcock? Um, I first met Hitch when he was working at United Cycle back when I was a kid buying equipment. You know, we so it, it goes back a few years. It goes back a few years. Uh, we had Wilf Brooks on uh, yesterday. I guess it was man. It just feels like it's so long ago. But we had Wilf Brooks on to talk about Ken going into the Hockey Hall of Fame uh, last night. Honor well deserved. And I'm not sure if you had a chance to listen to what Hitch had to say on his induction ceremony, Grant. But we're going to have a little listen here. Here's Ken Hitchcock last night in Toronto. His induction ceremony. Just a couple quick comments from his speech in Toronto. I wanted to just talk about a couple of things that really matter to me um, before I close up here. I, I had a young fella in 1982 that was a great hockey player, and he had problems. He had problems off the ice. And we tried everything, from driving him to practices, driving him to games, driving him to uh, tournaments to try to keep him in line. And we couldn't. And he ended up leaving the team in February of 1983. And, um, you know, I moved on, everybody moves on, and you wonder where, where it goes from there. I got a letter given to me three months ago, and the letter was written in 2016, but it got given to me three months ago. And that letter said that I'm married, I have child, and I'm doing well, I've got a full-time job. And Hitch, I just want to thank you. You turned it around for me. You made me accountable. It kept coming back. And I got off the drugs, I got off the booze, and I came back, and I'm really happy with my family. And it made me think, with the players, and if you're coaching out there, they're worth it. You gotta try everything you can to bring them along. 
because they're worth it. And, they're, and this is a, just a perfect example for me of staying with it. We tried everything, and at the end, he, this person appreciated it beyond belief and turned his whole life around. And that, to me, that's coaching. And that really is an important part of what our jobs are. Last point for me is hockey's given me a great life. When I look around this room, I've got friends in this room, friends for life. People I spend the summers with, people we go on crazy junkets to uh, far out bars to discuss hockey. And it's given me a life that I could have never imagined. It's given me friends that I can count on and hopefully can count on me. I feel like I'm the luckiest guy in the world. Thanks very much. Well, that's Ken Hitchcock. Again, we had Wilf Brooks on Grant on Monday, and you could see, you know, he was telling old stories about Hitch coming in and starting his career. But uh, just a real honor, well-deserved to go and to, to join you in the Hockey Hall of Fame. Really well-deserved. Yeah, most definitely. And I'm lucky enough I get to see Hitch down here in the desert. Oh, probably four or five times a year. So it's always fun to get together with him and listen to him talk hockey and just the knowledge that he has and his commitment to the game. Have you golfed with him a lot? Uh, you know what? I haven't golfed with him a lot. I've hit balls beside him over at one of the clubs down here. And it's been more about talking hockey than hitting golf balls, mm-hmm. but we both enjoy hitting golf balls and it's fun to talk hockey with a guy that has that much knowledge. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I we're going to get to more on Hitch in just a second here. Uh, just coming down now, the NHL Department of Player Safety has fined Leon Dreisaitl $5,000, the maximum amount for his, they call it a trip, but it's kind of a cross-check to the back of the legs of Bo Horvat last night. Kind of said in the press box, he said that uh, to Ryan Rashog, we were sitting beside each other, he said the league's going to look at it, and I wouldn't be surprised if he gets a fine, not a suspension, but it's again in mentioned it it's a little notch in the category as in the sense of uh you're on the kind of radar you're on 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 our list we're keeping an eye on you uh, i'm not sure if you saw that play grant but um do you look and i don't mind it i i like i like guys that try to give themselves a little more space where, where do you stand on i guess superstars trying to give themselves you know a little more area on the ice by doing stuff like this uh, you know what and the, back when I played, the superstars didn't have to do that. You had other guys that sent that message. <laughs> Whereas now the players are having to do it themselves. And if you watch a playoff series now, you see a guy like Sidney Crosby, he gets mauled. Mm-hmm. You watch Connor in the playoffs, he gets mauled. You watch Leon on the playoffs, they get mauled. So it, you want to see your best players be able to be your best players. And the fact that they're creating their own space sometimes you might have to cross the line a little bit to do that. So, Grant, do you think that's just the way the game has gone because you don't have that, you know, most teams don't have that enforcer type to kind of police things themselves? Yeah, and I've always been an advocate that a suit can't police the game. Mm -hmm. So you're, you're starting to see the odd player creep back into the game again when a team's got a young, skilled group. I mean, take Connor Bedard. For instance, in Chicago, they've surrounded them with some guys that play with an edge. you got a Corey Perry, you've got Felino that play with a little bite. Well, guess what? He's getting a little bit more room because anytime you do maul him, now you got to pay a price. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what? Guys aren't quite as committed to mauling him 
when you're the price is a punch in the face. So Leon Dreisaitl will find $5,000, the maximum allowable under the collective bargaining agreement for what they call a dangerous trip to New York Islanders forward Bo Horvat. Uh, it came in the second period last night, and Horvat and Dreisaitl got into it a little bit along the boards. Dreisaitl got up and gave him kind of a cross-check to the back of the legs. Back to Ken Hitchcock, Grant, and... I always remember, you know, and of course, you know, Robbie Brown played for Hitch in, in Kamloops. Rob Brown had one of the best lines ever, and he still he uses it all the time because Ken Hitchcock was a big mentor to him as well. And Ken said to him when he was playing, in, and Rob Brown had over 200 points in Kamloops for Pete's sake. He said to him, Robbie, when you have the puck, you can do whatever you want with it. But when you don't have it, you have to do exactly what I say. And I always think of that, and that's kind of how Ken Hitchcock, I guess, had success uh, you know, in in the NHL, do you do you remember when he was kind of going? As you say, you met him at at United Sport and Cycle, and then he was still coaching, kind of, uh, I guess, midget in Sherwood Park. And you know, we're talking in the eighties here, and then ended up in Kamloops and and things like that. Do you remember his kind of ascent? And were you keeping an eye on it just to kind of see what he was doing? And I guess and how successful he was becoming. Uh, you know what? As a kid, you don't really keep track of that. Mm-hmm. But you notice that as you get older and as you play pro and such, you realize that everywhere he went, he was successful. Well, there's a reason for that. He understands the game. He understands people. And you treat the player like a person. Mm-hmm. I think that's the big one of Hitch's biggest assets. Yeah, guys get mad at coaches. Coaches get mad at players. But at the same time, there's a reason for that because everybody cares. And that gets lost in the game sometimes where Slaps was a lot like that as well. Mm-hmm. where, yeah, he'd get mad at you, you get screamed and yelled at, but you knew he cared. And guys will play for a coach like that. Kevin Carries along with Grant Fuhrer on Sports 1440. So, Grant, uh, Coachella Valley Firebirds had uh, a few home games on the weekend, on Saturday and Sunday, a couple of losses, but before that, and I guess last we talked, it was a win to start the week off against San Diego. Just uh, how did the week go in your mind with uh, the Firebirds? Yeah, we had a good swing. We have a four-game winning streak coming up into the weekend. And then the Calgary Wranglers came to town, who are kind of the top horse in the West. And we played them pretty well for about 40 minutes and then kind of fell apart a little bit. And Calgary ended up with a 4-1 win, a couple of defensive miscues, and then played Tucson the next afternoon. And kind of a run-and-gun effort that I think what the final shots were 49-46 or something. Mm-hmm. And we came out the wrong end of that. I think we lost 5-3. So some good things, but then again, not enough finish. I mean, we're getting lots of shots, but it's a lot of perimeter work. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had <laughs> Allison Lucan, as I spoke with uh, uh, last Friday, I guess it was, right before the Seattle game. And, you know, she does some uh, um, analyzing for the Kraken. And we talked about the fact that uh, a couple players got called up, including... Um, Shane Wright because of the injury to Jordan Eberle. What uh, what have you seen from Shane Wright this year to warrant that call up? And what have you seen, I guess, from him with the big club? You know what, Shane? Excuse me. Shane's played very well this year, mm-hmm. where he's started to assert himself, and I think that's the biggest thing. Is he's got natural offensive talent. He's got a God given shot. Great skater, and you're starting to see that at both levels now. We saw it in the playoffs last mm-hmm. year where he was really good. So 
it's going to progress and grow each, excuse me, each year. We'll give you a chance to get a little shot of water there, Grant, because uh, you can tell a little uh, little frog in the throat. So uh, as far as Coachella Valley goes, and these are some of the guys that we've talked about. Actually, we're going to go start with the big club because you mentioned uh, Joey Decord. Joey Decord came up and has played quite well for the Kraken. And the thing with uh, we watched on Saturday, uh, you know, they pulled the, um, they pulled the starting goaltender. Decord came in and played quite well. Uh, if you watch Saturday against the Oilers, didn't allow a goal. It was 4 nothing when he came in, and he looked very comfortable in there. So it looks like he's fitting in and with the big club. Yeah, no, Joey's a great goaltender and a phenomenal puck handler. That's the other thing, which makes it a lot easier on the defense, and he's a very confident kid. Mm-hmm. So he's done very well. Ty Karche's up there. He's been was a rookie of the year here last year as an undrafted rookie and mm-hmm. basically came here. They weren't sure what they had, but – he proved that he's a phenomenal player. So we, we've got a good group here that we had Devin Shore that we signed from the Oilers. He was up in Seattle. He just got reassigned back to us. But they've done a good job of developing players here that can run straight up into Seattle and jump right into their lineup. What's the schedule for uh, Coachella Valley this week, Grant? Uh, this week we've got three road games. We're in Henderson on Thursday night. And then we've got back-to-backs on the weekend in Tucson. So having lost to Tucson the other night, those will be mm-hmm. tough contests. And Henderson's playing pretty good hockey this year. So it's going to be a tough week for the guys. All right. Uh, we will come back to wrap things up on the Kevin Carey Show with Grant Fuhr on Sports 1440 right after the break. Stay with us. All right. Welcome back for the final segment of the Kevin Carey Show with co-host Grant Fuhr in Palm Desert. Uh, text coming in from M for you, Grant. Uh, I heard you continue to practice after tearing your ACL in Toronto or with the Blues, was this true? Uh, craziness. Uh, can you kind of clarify that? I think it's true, but where was it, Grant? Uh, I was. I tore it in Toronto. We went back to St. Louis, and we threw a brace on, and I tried practicing with it to see if I could actually get away with it because it's playoff time. and mm-hmm. Playoffs, you try and find a way to play. It doesn't matter what hurts. And apparently it doesn't work so good with a torn ACL, so... We had to surrender at that point. Was this the... But yeah, I tried to point. Yeah. Was this the dreaded Nick Kiprios incident? It was. A lot so, of yeah, people... Wow, well, we tore ACL, yeah. stretched the MCL, and tore all the meniscus. So we still figured we could maybe get away with it. Uh, yeah, a lot of... You know, they call this the accidentally on purpose thing. I mean, Kiprios talks about it and says it wasn't... I mean, where, where, I, did you ever talk about it with Kip about this or anything like that? Oh, yeah. I mean, he meant to fall on me, but mm-hmm. he didn't mean to hurt me. Yeah. I mean, it happens a thousand times a playoff where somebody falls on the goalie. And if you watch the playoffs, it's a standard thing. Goalie's hot. Somebody falls on him. Usually every whistle. So <laughs> it's normal. Yeah. It's getting less and less, it seems, but it, you're right. Uh, there was a time there, every whistle for sure. Sports 1440 is where we are. Kevin Carius, Grant Fuhr on a Tuesday. Uh, we had Frank Saravalli on Grant earlier. He comes on every Tuesdays and Thursdays. He's at the NHL GM meetings in Toronto. Uh, Frank has posted on the old sociables and wanted to get your opinion on this. What do you think? NHL's Colin Campbell says GMs are discussing the idea of changing the rule to limit teams from continually looping back and regrouping in three-on-three overtime. Potential solutions, once you cross the red or blue line, you can't go back out again 
unless the puck is turned over, I assume, or a shot clock. Discussions are ongoing. It's tabled to March. When you kind of hear that, I think I and Frank explained it quite well. What are your thoughts on that? Because uh, we see it a lot in overtime. Well, seeing that I coach in a three-on-three league and we have a rule where once you cross the red line, you can't come back across the red line. It forces everybody to play offense. And you can't just stall and stall and stall. You actually have to attack a little bit. And I like it. Mm -hmm. It keeps the game moving. It keeps the game very offensive. And it's surprising how many different turnovers that creates and the different offensive chances. And do you think, like a lot of teams, they, they do that, they double back and they try for a change. That would be the biggest, I guess, you know, That's the biggest thing, and it's easy to regroup and try and tire the other group out. Mm-hmm. So it forces forces everybody to play offense, which you like to see on three-on-three. What was What's this three-on-three league you're talking about? It's called Three Ice. Okay, yeah. So okay, we run yeah, for, yeah. yeah, we run for eight weeks over the summer, and it's exciting to watch. Mm-hmm. So I love three on three. It's all offense. It's it's just like three x three basketball. Basically, it's a it's a spin off of that. How did you get involved in that grant? Um, Mr. Craig Patrick actually asked if I'd be interested in coaching in it, and I thought well, I enjoy offensive hockey. I'm that strange goalie that actually likes to see <laughs> goals in offensive hockey, and so I thought I'd take a go at it, and I'm enjoying it. It's a lot of fun. It's exciting. The people that have come to the games have enjoyed it. So it's worthwhile. How does the league work? Where do you play? How many fans are coming out? Oh, uh, we're in eight weeks, eight cities. Mm-hmm. So we aimlessly roam. It's kind of like the circus. <laughs> but now it's we're draw probably oh, around five thousand most nights, and oh. it's on TV on Wednesday nights. Yeah. So I, what were we CBS last year? So it's been good. What do you think the what's the reaction been from fans? Again, you know, they had the three X three basketball up here, Grant. It's very it's getting to be very popular worldwide. Is this maybe like a bit of a hybrid where fans are sort of going, Hey, I like this again, as you say, the offense, it's just nonstop. Yeah, and the games have been really good and even some of the American League teams have started to take notice. We've had three or four guys now that have signed American League contracts. And mm-hmm. so it's good players. It's all pro players. So it's good players. The speed is fast. I mean, and that's the fun part of the game is it's very up-tempo and it's catching on with people. Where did the players come from? All over the place. We kind of collect them from, we've got some American League guys. We've got a few guys that have had NHL experience. We've got guys with East Coast experience, a lot of college kids. So we have a nice mix of everybody. So do you have a staff that, or how, like, how do you, you, do you scout these players and how do you kind of get them involved here? Yeah, they've got a group between Mr. Patrick and EJ Johnson. They, they bring us a player pool of, I think our player pool last year is about 150 guys. And you've only got seven guys to a team, a goalie and six skaters. So you've got a big pool that we draft from and you draft your own team and away you go. And the rules, can you, can you explain the rules in the sense to, you know, like, I mean, is it like, you know, 3x3 basketball, you know, you're, it's ball in, ball out. How does, how does it work for this? For us, it's the netting is in play. Okay. That's, that's the, probably the biggest difference from regular hockey is the netting's in play. But it's literally three on three, same as overtime. If a goal goes in, you have to back out. There's a line that you have to back out to, and then the game just goes on. So it's continuous. Hmm. 
It sounds like a cool, I mean, I watched it a little bit, but it sounds like it's really cool to be involved in it. Like that, that's the, I, you know, I've watched it on TV for periods of time, but in the sense of being involved and having your feet on the ground, this must be another area where it just, I guess for you to kind of stay involved in the game, but in a different, it's almost like arena football. I'm kind of feeling. Yeah. You know what? It's a lot of fun. And I know the long-term plans are to have a three on three with kids, three on three in women's hockey. So to watch it grow and expand and everybody that's played it's really enjoyed it so far mm-hmm. what's on the uh, go free are these these are road games i believe for coachella valley so uh you'll be kind of just watching them online and and kind of doing some scouting from that sense uh is that how the week progresses for you grant that's how the week progresses i got to put a little spit and polish on the golf game it's ah. kind of been neglected the last little while <laughs> so uh, tune that up a little bit i'm gonna go to vancouver this saturday Actually, I'm going in Friday night to drop the puck at the Giants game and then doing a signing Saturday morning and I'll be back home Saturday and we play back here Tuesday, next Tuesday. How'd the uh, Vancouver, uh, you know, junket come about? Uh, Somebody reached out. My wife kind of organizes my Mm -hmm. world. So somebody reached out to her to see if I'd be interested in coming up and it happened to fit our schedule. So that's half the battles. If it fits the schedule, then I'll try and squeeze it in. So you're dropping the puck at the Giants game. And, yeah, I mean, you do these signings and things like that. that, that these are old hat for you. But to do the the like the, the ceremony for the Giants game is going to be kind of neat for you? Yeah, it's always fun. I did it, oh, four or five years ago for him. So, no, I still enjoy watching junior hockey and still like being around the game. So it'll be fun to drop the puck, watch the game, and have a nice relaxing weekend. Oh, sounds good. And I, I just, we're so envious of you. You know what, to be honest with you, we might be able to golf again this weekend, Grant. Uh, remember, I, I sent I you. That, it would be cold when I was there, and it's nice now. I sent you that picture with your buddy there, and uh, we yeah, with Lynn. with Lynn two weeks ago, and it's supposed to be seven or eight again this weekend. So I'm sure Terra Pines will be open. I'll bet you Lynn will be out there for sure. Hey, seven or eight's golf weather. Huh. Anything above zero is golf weather. It's a t- little tough putting the peg in the ground though up here, Grad. At this time, you know, you might have to. You got to get those special tees. <laughs> Yeah, it might be a little frosty, but it's still workable. Yeah, thanks for your uh, input, insight. Thanks for uh, hamming it up with uh, Lummer. Appreciate everything you do for the show. Uh, thanks for coming on again every Tuesday. Thanks, Grant. Oh, my pleasure. Look forward to seeing everybody next week. You bet. And our guest today, Liam Harobin from Oilers Nation, Mark Spector, Frank Saravalli, Michael Grange from Rogers Sportsnet, and Dave Lumley, the former NHLer. Coming up at the top of the hour, it is Fantasy Frenzy with... Former Rochep T-Bird. Connor Alley and the Duke of Delburn, Brandon Douglas. At noon, the lowdown with Alan Mitchell till 2 o'clock, where Jason Greger takes us home till 6 on the Jason Greger Show. Oilers practicing at noon today at the downtown community arena because the Duke is going to the Jonas Brothers. It's going to be exciting. <sighs> Top of the hour, it's Fantasy Frenzy. Before that, here is a Sports 1440 with the Duke. Have a great day, everybody. Thanks for listening. We'll see you back here tomorrow, ah, bright and early at 7. Thanks a lot.